Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brennan Black, and today's episode is going to be all about the Collegiate Agricultural Leaders Conference. Now, I've been meaning to do this episode for a few weeks now since it's been some time since I actually got to attend the conference, but I got busy with school and other stuff going on, so I just drug it out and finally was able to get this episode out, but I'm happy to talk about it now, and as you might be able to hear, I've got a bit of a cold, so bear with me, but uh, you know, no time like the present to get this episode out. So just to start things off, uh, the, the Collegiate Agriculture Leaders Conference, or the Cal Conference, took place in Fresno at Fresno State, and if any of you are longtime listeners, and you know that that's where I plan on transferring after I get done with COS, so that was a cool experience. And it was, it was a weekend-long, just awesome leadership experience, similar to the Ag Ambassadors Conference that I did an episode on last February. And in this conference, just like any other leadership conference I've been to or, or ones like it, it went over just general skills for leadership and how to strengthen your network and how to strengthen your ability to communicate with the public and, and strengthen your, your internal confidence in, in who you are and, and what you have to say, all with an agricultural background, which I really appreciated because I, as much as I love FFA and the other leadership programs, I noticed that from time to time they tend to get away from their agricultural roots, which I understand it's, it's okay to venture from the path every now and then, but it's important that we remember where we came from. And that's why I appreciated about the Cal Conference. Almost everything that we talked about, while yes, it was centered around leadership, it did focus on agriculture. And that was really important. There were some great speeches given, some great workshops talked about, and all of them had an ag basis. So without further ado, we're just going to jump into it and start talking about step-by-step what we went through and just talk a little bit about you know the experience overall, how I, how I interacted with the uh, workshop leaders and, and the other uh, students that were there and what I thought of all of it. So beginning with the first day, uh, October 25th, we got over to Fresno. We immediately went on industry tours after our lunch. And so there were a bunch of industry tours available, and COS got to go on one of two, uh, either to the McKinsey Preserve Tour or the Car Hill and Fresno State Meats Lab Tour. And my group chose to go to the Car Hill and Fresno State Meats Lab Tour, which was awesome. We got to actually tour a Car Hill plant that specifically catered towards McDonald's. So we got to see the process of McDonald's burgers being made behind the scenes. And you hear a lot in the media and people who aren't quite as aware of how the uh, background process is of producing that type of product say that McDonald's uses fake meat that you know none of the meat that they use is real that it's all um, you know just packed full of, of fake stuff or it's pink slime or whatever the case may be I can you know I can vouch for uh, McDonald's in, in at least my own personal experience whether or not you trust that's on you but they do use real meat in the entire process of producing their meats 100% safe their facility is very clean, it's very efficient, very productive, and it was a really cool experience to get to see that considering I've seen the slaughter side of things, but I haven't gotten to see the entire process all the way down to the patty that gets put in the box that gets shipped out to the plant. The tour leaders gave us a good amount of information, although it was a little hard to hear in that plant because it's so loud with all the machines running, but it was a really great tour. It was really interesting to see just that side of, of agriculture that, like I said, there's a lot of misconceptions about, so it was great to see from a first-hand perspective, so it's more than just us preaching about what we read on, on the internet and, and what we've researched and what we've heard about. Now we can pull actual physical experiences that we've had with that industry, and we can use that to advocate to people about how agriculture is really being run. So that was awesome. After the Car Hill tour, we got to go back to Fresno State and tour their meat lab, which is phenomenal. They have this entire state-of-the-art meat lab, which is 
super cool. And if any of you are animal science majors or planning on being animal science majors or, or meat science majors, when you go to animal, when you go to Fresno State, I'd highly recommend checking out their meat lab. It's awesome. They actually make their own salami. I want to say. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone from Fresno State listening, but they they produce their own meat, which is so cool and they have their own facilities for all the processes to go through the actual harvesting of the meat from the from the carcass and all of the different uh, processes of of the breakdown of the carcass uh, through each step they would go through in a, in a full-scale processing plant which is really cool they have a room at the end where you can uh, evaluate the carcasses for classes and you place them in order just like you do for any kind of judging reasons or, or that sort of thing so that was really cool and uh, they have students running basically the entire thing students run the facilities they run the kitchen they run everything in there and it's so amazing to see the students being so involved and it's staying so high quality with students running it just really goes to show how much those students care about what they do in the facilities they're working in and so I was re- I was very impressed by that and I know a lot of the students that were in my group were impressed by that as well so after the tours we got you know to the hotel and checked in and settled and everything and we went back for dinner that night and we had our welcome by Dr. Randy Perry who's the Fresno State Animal Science and Ag Education Department Chair and he gave some wise words about agriculture and talked about how things have changed. And that was a really um, interesting speech to listen to, especially because I've heard so much about Dr. Perry and I've never actually gotten to meet him before. So it was interesting to get to hear his perspective on on how ag is, is being run today and how media is is kind of playing a role in that aspect of, of the industry. So that was interesting. And then to wrap up the night, we had uh, Andrew Skidmore give a keynote speech. And uh, for those of you who don't know who Andrew Skidmore was, I mean, he was the California State FFA president, and he was a national extent champion. So for those of you who know that I did extemporaneous his public speaking, he did that. And he's just an all-around great guy, and I, him and I have worked together a couple times on speeches and stuff. And he's just he cares about what he talks about, which I really appreciate. And he's actually not an ag major, so he's not quite as involved in the ag industry as he once was, which makes him sad. I was talking to him about it, and he says that he misses the ag department, but uh, he still tries to keep as much involvement as, as he can in that in that industry, so it's, it's great to see that as well. So he came out and gave the speech about uh, agriculture's marginalization in America, and that was a really great speech to hear. He had some really great points about how agriculture is, is largely misrepresented in media, about how uh, a lot of people in agriculture have a hard time getting their voices heard on media and how we don't have enough support in, uh, in social media and, and in the public and how people have such massive misconceptions about agriculture. And it was a really interesting speech, and I really resonated with me particularly because, like I do with this podcast, my goal is to educate as many people as I possibly can about agriculture. But I resonated with a lot of us there because we were there for ag leadership. We're there to learn how to be greater leaders in the ag industry, and that's a massive part of being a leader in the ag industry is making sure there is an ag industry for the future. And we can't do that if people don't support it. So that was a really great speech that he gave, and I was really appreciative of, of his words in that. And he actually had a workshop the next day that went a little bit further in depth, into depth about that concept that he was talking about with social media. So I'll get to that in just a second. So that wrapped up the first day. It was an awesome day where we had really great uh, seeing all the tours and seeing the speakers and, and just feeling the, the, the warm welcome that Fresno State put on. And it just felt like such a nice uh, environment to be in. The atmosphere is very nice. And a lot of the students uh, agreed with me when I when I asked them about that. And and it just seemed like a very uh, welcoming area to be in. So moving into the second day, that's when we got into the workshops. Pretty much immediately we got to our first session and that just separated us into our workshops based on colors, stickers that were on the back of our name tags. I ended up in the red 
uh, group. And so my group went to Andrew's uh, workshop first. And like I was saying earlier, Andrew gave a workshop very similar to the speech he gave about marginalization of ag and, and social media. And his workshop was titled Engaging Our Friends, How to Be an Advocate. And I really appreciate this workshop because it started off with him just having an icebreaker where we uh, we had to sell the person next to us a toaster. And then once we the, the that person had to sell us a toaster and, and we had to agree on whoever was the better salesman and that person move on and sell somebody else a vacation and then that person move on and sell somebody else a car and etc until we had the best salesman at the end of the day. It was a fun icebreaker and it, it was a very interesting one because uh, it transitioned fairly smoothly into his talk about social media, about the lack of accurate information that's, that's available about agriculture and the lack of people that actually have references for agriculture and the posts that they're making. Uh, a lot of them are very factless i should say and and really is that goes for all sides involved there are even people who say they're in support of agriculture and and still give false statements so it's, it's very important that you cite your sources correctly that you know what you're talking about before you say it that you have actual evidence and proof and articles and and facts and figures before you say anything that you believe to be true about agriculture because even though your ten- intentions may be good you never know when you could be spreading false information so that was kind of the general point of Andrew's uh, workshop, and I really appreciated it. I, think, I thought it was really cool um, how he talked about uh, – he ta- he showed us a bunch of different posts uh, on social media that were just ridiculous. I mean, they were, they were, they were kind of another level of just a, a lack of understanding, I guess you could say. And they weren't all about ag. They were kind of just general statements about foolish things. Um, but they really demonstrated his point about how people will make statements – with little to no information about what they're talking about. And he, so in agriculture, it's very common right now to be training people on how to handle media and and non-ag people when when being faced with questions that are difficult to answer. And everyone's got a different approach to it. Some say you should defend yourself. Some people say you should stay quiet. Some people say that you should completely just ignore them. Some people say that you should do enough research to be able to have a strong argument. I mean, everyone's got a different opinion on how to handle this issue. And Andrew's take on it was a very interesting one. It's one that I haven't really heard before, but I have considered it and I have kind of put it into practice a couple times. And really what that is is whenever someone tries to, may not necessarily corner you, but tries to approach you with a, with an issue regarding agriculture that's very difficult to address um, in your own words, you can refer them to an expert. With this point, he broke us up into thirds. The room was split um, into thirds, and each each. Uh, group in the room in the room was assigned a social media platform facebook twitter and instagram and our assignment given to us was that we had to find five experts for each issue that we decided on and as a as a group we decided on the top five issues facing agriculture and we had to find five experts for each of the groups five experts overall that covered those those five issues and we had to write them uh write their uh twitter handles instagram handles and facebook profile names on the board so we had sufficient experts to cover those topics so if someone were to come up to us and say something about animal welfare you could say well have you heard or have you read this uh article that was posted by temple grana where she talks about this exact issue and instead of you trying to fight back now you provide them with an alternate route that gives them a different mode of thinking and you're not being as aggressive about it you're not being as defensive about it and you're not spreading any false information it's up to them to interpret that information correctly, and if they don't, then that's that's their problem. But Andrew's point was that it's it's way more dangerous to try to fight everyone than it is to try to just refer them to 
the correct sources, the correct experts, and the correct information that we would be using anyway. You know, don't don't waste the time and energy on trying to purvey that information onto them only for them to not believe you. Just give them the source straight up and just say, hey, read this article and then get back to me before you want to yell at me about that. I thought that was a great point. I think it's a great take on it. And I'm 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 a firm advocate in the in the idea that everyone has their own approach to it, and there are more than one approach uh, approaches that work for that situation. But Andrew's definitely seems to be an effective one, and I, I appreciated his his stance on it. So moving into our next workshop, uh, my group moved on to Amanda Skidmore's workshop, which was how to land your dream internship and kickstart your career. And I thought it was a really interesting workshop. She had a, a little Q&A session right at the beginning to try to break the ice a little bit, get people talking and asking questions. And then she showed a clip from uh, the TV show Friends to try to give an example of a bad interview. Uh, she was trying to demonstrate what exactly it should look like if you're in a job interview and completely bombing it, what to avoid, what to um, just try to correct yourself before going into the interview, and, and what to keep in mind whenever you're talking to your future employer, potential employer. And this was a really interesting uh, idea because she also gave examples of strategies that different companies actually use to select their employees as, as they go through their, through their screening process. And as she was doing this, she was attempting to prepare all the kids in her group to be better at getting jobs, which I thought was really, really cool. I mean, yes, we're there for leadership or we're there for agriculture, absolutely. But a key aspect of leadership training is knowing how to handle yourself in, in high-stress situations, knowing how to be personable and how to communicate with a, a potential higher-up. And job interviews are not something that many people get practice in every day. So, I mean, any chance you get, you should take advice on how to handle a job interview or how to do an internship. And that was another aspect of, of Amanda's workshop that I really appreciated. She had internships that um, were posted all around the room, and we got to go find an internship that we wanted, that we had any kind of interest in. And we'd write down keywords that uh, might be important to include in our resumes or our cover letters. And we had to talk about potential questions that they might ask during the interview. And she actually had a a system of answering questions during interviews, which I thought was really cool. It's called the STAR system. So if a if an interviewer asks you a question and you're not entirely sure how to answer it or not sure you answered it correctly, there's four steps you have to go through. You have to assess the situation. You have to explain the task. You have to explain your action during the task. And you have to explain the results of that action. So that's the, the, the STAR. So situation, task, action, result, STAR. And if you effectively do that, then that means that you answer the question efficiently and, and effectively, and that the interviewee will, or the interviewer will most likely be satisfied with your answer. So moving on to our last uh, workshop here, we had a, a true colors workshop with um, with a uh, married couple actually, Rick uh, and Flora Chacon, and they gave the true colors test, which is a personality test. Uh, similar to the Myers-Briggs test or any of the other personality tests. And in this one, you have to answer questions about yourself, and, and they evaluate one of four colors you can fall into, orange, green, blue, or gold. And the breakdown for each of these categories is uh, more personality-driven, so oranges tend to be a little bit more uh, free-flowing and outgoing, a little bit more hands-on, and they like to get dirty and run and jump and climb trees, and they're very active and social. Um, golds tend to be very orderly, very uh, follow the rules, you know, everything needs to be in its place and everything needs to be on time. They're very punctual and uh, they like everything to be um, exactly how they want it to be. And then blues are very creative, very 
uh, appreciative of nature and art and music and, and very caring of other people's feelings and emotions, uh, very cognizant of, of other people and their relationships, and just overall very uh, connected. And then finally, greens. Greens are very analytical. They're very scientific. They're more curious about the world rather than people. Um, they care more about the process and the results rather than the, the, the people involved or the external factors involved. Um, they gave this actually a pretty cool example, whereas if you got the four colors to go together on a road trip up to the up to the mountains, the oranges would just be excited to get to run around and climb trees and have fun. The golds would be making sure that the tires were pumped up, that the gas was full, that we had enough snacks, that we had enough sunscreen, that we had bug spray, all that kind of stuff. The blues would be excited to see the nature and be hanging out with their friends, and the greens would be curious about what side of the tree the moss is growing on that day. <laughs> so, for those of you who are wondering, I am primarily green, a lot more analytical, a lot more um, oriented on details and, and the science and that sort of thing, which shouldn't be a surprise um, because I'm, I am very analytical and, and science-driven. Although green was, was my dominant trait, but blue and gold were my secondary traits, and they were very, very close. It was only like two or three points off. So while I'm very detail-oriented and scientific, I also care about people's feelings, and I, I care about the um, emotional status of the situation at the time, and I'm also very orderly. I like to make sure that things are done correctly, that they're done well, that they're on time, that they are ordered uh, properly, and that they're organized. And so, yeah, so that, I mean, I, I think that makes sense for the most part, and that's a, that's a pretty decent breakdown. It seems like everyone in my group that, that did this test were pretty satisfied with the uh, results. They seemed that it, it was pretty accurate for their personalities, even though they weren't entirely proud to admit that. They did eventually admit to it um but it was it was a really interesting test and a very interesting experience because they gave examples of what each of the colors would do in certain situations and how each of the colors interact with each other and they had uh, charts showing the relationships between greens and oranges and blues and golds and you know everyone had a different breakdown of how they would respond to different things and it was funny to see all the people of the same color how they would respond to something is the exact same way they, 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 all, they all respond to stimulus the same way, which is really funny. Um, so that was the last workshop, and that was really, really fun. So after, the, after this last workshop, we moved in and did our group photo. We had all of the uh, schools come in and, and crowd around. We had our group photo happen. And then we had lunch, and uh, during lunch, they had a panel discussion going on. And the three people on the panel uh, were uh, Tim Truax, a Fresno State graduate student who was also a state officer at one point, not on Andrew's team, but the team before him. Uh, Dr. Avery Colbertson, who's the Fresno State Assistant Professor for Agricultural Leadership, and Mr. Ryan Jacobson of the Fresno County Farm Bureau. So these three uh, were up on stage and they were answering questions um, that Dr. Roca was providing them, and they actually had really good answers for a lot of the questions they were being provided about leadership, about agriculture, about involvement in college, about opportunities, about motivation. It was it was a really interesting panel. I was I was really glad I was able to uh, listen in on that and. Um, when, when they opened the floor for questions, there was only time for two questions and luckily I did get one in I got to ask a question about motivation and what pushes them to keep going forward, even though they achieved their last goal. And they had excellent answers to all the questions that were asked of them. And I really admired the, the words that they were able to provide for a lot of the students there. It seems like a lot of kids really resonated with what they were saying and really took away a lot from the experience that we gathered there that weekend. And that was it. I mean, after that, we all got up in the vans and, and went back home to Tulare. So that was the final experience of the Fresno State 
uh, Cal Leadership Conference, but even though it was a short conference, it was very impactful. I mean, it's I'm always excited to go to leadership conferences, especially in the school I want to go to, but this one was one that I was not expecting to take the turn it did, talking about agriculture and uh, marginalization in social media, something that I've been talking about forever on the podcast, off the podcast with just people I've been talking to. I've been trying to get more episodes about marginalization of agriculture and media on the podcast uh, lately. It's just been kind of difficult to get people to talk about it. There's a lot about this conference that I really took away from that I really uh, benefited from. I feel like a lot of students did as well. After asking them about it on the ride home, a lot of them were very satisfied with the weekend. They had a lot of fun, uh, gained some good networking opportunities and met some really good people. And they took away a lot from the workshops, from the speeches, from the panel. And overall, it was just a really fun and interesting conference. And I really hope that anyone that gets to go in the future definitely takes that opportunity and goes. And who knows, you might even see me there. I might be helping out if I get that, uh, if I get that lucky. But that's all I have for this uh, episode. Just once again, it's just it's such a cool experience to get to listen to people talk about leadership and agriculture and and how we need to stand up for agriculture and make sure that we're defending it in the right ways obviously you know we're not being uh, radical we're not trying to shove it down people's throats we're not trying to tell people that they're ignorant for not knowing about agriculture uh it's very important that we have a common steady approach to it and for those who are trying to combat us in in a more aggressive manner that we handle those appropriately instead of just lashing out at them and i think that everyone that spoke at this conference did a very excellent job of explaining that concept of explaining the importance of agriculture and ag, and ag literacy and just it, it, it very much reflected everything that I believe in and everything that I've been working towards with this podcast and with all of the agriculture literacy based endeavors I've been working on for the past two years maybe longer so that's all I've got uh, for anyone from, from Fresno State listening to this thank you so much for hosting us and thank you for putting on this um, awesome leadership conference. I really hope I get the opportunity to help out with it when I'm at Fresno. And yeah, that's um, that's it for this episode. So thank all of you so much for tuning in. And if you have any, um, if you went to the Cal Leadership Conference, you have any experiences you'd like to share, reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about them. Um, besides that, uh, I plan on having an episode about the um, National FFA Convention that I went to a couple weekends ago as well where I got my American farmer degree. But that's going to be coming down hopefully next week. I just, like I said, things have been crazy with school and work and life. So bear with me, and I'm, I'm doing my best to keep this thing afloat with uh, everything going on. Hopefully during the holidays I'm able to catch up quite a bit on what I've been slacking on. And I'm, like I said, I'm sick right now, so it's hard to find time where my voice doesn't want to go out every five seconds. But yeah, so I appreciate all of your guys' support and everything you do for this podcast and, and all the positive feedback I've been getting lately, and it's just been so great, and I just couldn't thank you guys enough. So thank all of you so much for tuning in. Hope to hear you guys next week, and don't forget, if you wait today, thank a farmer. <laughs>